y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how He has been faithful to make His power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today we are back with our second ever solo episode, which means it's just me and my voice talking in my closet. Today, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic, mental health. (laughs) I'm kidding, but I mean, that is what we're going to talk about, and I think it's important. Second to people asking for me to share my story, what people wanted me to talk about was my walk through mental health and what that looks like as a believer. So that's what we're going to do. I do want to do a quick disclaimer here and say that I am not a medical professional, I am not a trained therapist. These thoughts and opinions are only backed by walking down this road myself. But this is what we're going to unpack in this episode. I'm going to tell you my story and journey of mental health. I'm going to tell you about my first ever panic attack and what life has looked like since. And then we're going to talk about mental health and the stigma that surrounds it and what we can do to change that. And then I'm going to tell you about the practical and tangible things that have helped me kind of get anxiety under control and more manageable. If you haven't listened to the first solo episode, this episode will make so much more sense if you do. So it's going to be linked right here in the podcast description. You can just jump back and listen. It's a quick 20 minute episode and then you can come back and this will make a lot more sense. So my first real encounter with anxiety was when I was 20. I talked a little bit in the first solo episode about my first real love and heartbreak, and that was when my mental health issues came out to play. I by no means blame him. I just want to make sure that is super clear. Retrospectively, I can just see that the enemy used us to tell each other lies, to plant seeds of deception, and anxiety got triggered in that season. I had my first panic attack on my 21st birthday. At my birthday party, actually. My boyfriend and I were on the back porch of my birthday party. And he told me that he wasn't sure he wanted to be with me anymore. And then he walked inside. Happy birthday to me. I can remember taking a few steps out into the grass and then just kind of like staring into the dark. I literally felt like I was paralyzed. Because here's the thing about anxiety and panic attacks. It's not always the hyperventilating, rocking back and forth, not being able to control your breathing. Panic manifests for everyone differently. And in that moment, it was just not being able to move or really even feel. Eventually, my roommates found me and snuck me around the house and got me home, where the panic did turn into that like sheer, uncontrollable pain where I couldn't breathe and... It was terrible. And I think to this day, even 10 years after this battle, it was probably the worst panic attack I've ever had. In typical Blake fashion, I'd start everything with a bang. That would just kind of be the beginning of this journey. It was like I had stuffed all of this for 21 years and it was broken loose and taking control. Because it really felt like something broke 
in that moment. And I would walk through panic and anxiety and even some manic episodes, mostly in secret for the next five or so years. My roommates knew to a degree what I was struggling with, but nobody else did. And I will tell you why. It was because I loved Jesus. (laughs) I thought that he and I should be able to fix this. That because I knew that I truly, deeply adored my God and knew his power, that there must be something very, very wrong with me that I was battling this. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed that I was having such a visceral reaction to this relationship and the eventual breakup. I was embarrassed that my emotions were so out of control that they were wrecking shop. And I was under the pressure of so much shame that I could barely breathe, which, you know, is is great for anxiety. And so I struggled in silence until I was 27. If you do the math, that's six years. Six years of panic attacks and not getting help and only a few people knowing. I got married and I had a baby all while having these horrible panic attacks and consistent anxious thoughts. After Paisley was born, I finally went to counseling and I got on medication. And I now take 75 milligrams of Zoloft every single day. And I take Xanax when I need it. And it's been a hot minute since I had a panic attack, like a full-blown one. Um, And that is the perfect segue into stigmas. Let's talk about medicine real quick. The fact that it's 2019 and there is still a stigma around getting help and that help potentially coming in the form of a pill makes my head hurt. Makes me want to throw something. <laughs> can, we, can we stop doing that? I take Zoloft every day because my brain literally doesn't make enough serotonin, which is what Zoloft is. It doesn't make enough for me to be a healthy, functioning human. If you don't know, serotonin is a very important chemical and neurotransmitter that regulates social behavior, sexual desire, mood, and a host of other important things. Here's the thing about SSRIs and benzodiazepines that I don't think people understand. If you need them, they don't make you feel high. If I had a dollar for Every time someone made a well-meaning comment about taking my medication in conjunction with being high, I'd have a lot of dollars. It's a side note for anybody who doesn't need medication to feel normal. Those comments are hurtful. If you have to take medicine to feel okay, I need you to free yourself up from any shame you've associated with that right now. I need you to stand in faith and victory and tell Satan he's a bastard and that he can get out. Because that's a lie. I fully believe that Jesus gave us science and he gave us people to understand that science. I mean, not me, but like he gave those people the wisdom to create a very convenient little pill for me to take every night to boost my serotonin and make sure that I don't have panic attacks every day. I think God knew that our bodies were going to be broken and that this was going to be one of the ways that that manifested. So if you need to take medicine, whatever form that comes in for you, there is no shame in that. And while we're at it, let's stop making people feel weird for going to counseling or therapy or a psychiatrist or whatever they need. 
I think this has gotten so much better as the years have passed and people have started speaking up about their mental health struggles. But I would also bet money that people listening right now have encountered snarky comments about going to see a shrink. So allow me to clarify. Going to therapy does not make you weak-minded. I would venture to say it makes you stronger than some, because as we say here time and again, vulnerability takes power and it takes strength, often not our own, but we still tap into the strength that God has given us. Opening up about the deep, dark, hard stuff, man, that takes balls. So can we instead encourage our friends who are struggling to find a counselor? Or even take it a step further and help facilitate that happening. Offer to watch their kids. Offer to help them process after they go. Whatever they need, just step into that with them. Make it a safe space for them to tell you that they're seeing a counselor or they just picked up their first dosage of their new prescription and they're not sure how they feel about it or how it's going to make them feel, even if you don't understand. Just make it a safe space for them to tell you those things. Help them process. Tell them that you don't understand. That's okay. You don't have to. You just need to be there. So let me, let me I'm just going to hop down off my soapbox real quick. And it's time for tangibility. I'm going to tell you my top four favorite things that help with anxiety outside of like prescribed medication, which we've talked about ad nauseum at this point. The first is Natural Calm. It's a magnesium supplement that you can literally get at Target or Amazon, whatever. A lot of us are magnesium deficient. We just don't know it. Luckily, magnesium absorbs into your body super quickly. So it's a literal chill pill. I take it in powder form, but you can do whatever. I can tell you that it has actively stabilized my mood and makes me feel calm and just like... I take it every night before I go to bed. Helps me fall asleep. Helps me unwind. I find that like it actually helps me be more present. (laughs) The second thing is progressive muscle relaxation. This is a breathing and muscle relaxation exercise that I found when I was in the pinnacle of my anxiety. And for a while, it was the only thing that could bring me out of a panic attack. I'm putting a link to my favorite YouTube video for this in the show notes. And I'm going to tell you that like I still put it on sometimes and follow the directions and instantly feel so much better. It's just directions on how to loosen and relax the muscles in your body from your feet to your head. And while you're focusing on tightening and loosening these muscles and focusing on your breathing it's like the anxiety or the panic just like seeps out of your body because you're focused on something else it's not a cure-all but it's made a huge impact on my experience with anxiety so the third one is cutting caffeine I know it's like sacrilegious but I've talked fairly extensively in my stories about cutting out caffeine I did it cold turkey three years ago And I was in a particularly rough anxiety season and it had a huge impact. Caffeine can more than double your cortisol levels, which is your body's stress hormone. And it inhibits the creation of GABA, which is a calming neurotransmitter known as nature's volume. Also, it doesn't interact super well with antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications. So I cut it. 
cold turkey. <laughs> it was hard. I had headaches and I was tired, but over time, I really did see it make an impact on my anxiety. I have in the last six months started very gradually reintroducing caffeine and I'm super, super mindful about it. It sounds kind of like woo-woo, but every morning before I reach for any kind of anything, I just take inventory. Like, how am I feeling today? Am I jittery? Can I feel the precursors of a more anxious day? Or do I feel more sluggish and I need a little help? And I make a decision based off of that. So if you struggle with anxiety and you're drinking caffeine, even like just one to two cups a day, this might be a good place to start. It may need to cut back a little bit. Don't hate me. And the last one is praying out loud. I am embarrassed by how long it took me to get to this, to realize what a tool this is in the arsenal of fighting anxiety, to realize the power that came in praying out loud. But man, y'all, even if all I can do is utter the name of Jesus, it's like it breaks through that film that sometimes forms over my eyes and allows me to be more aware of his presence. And because I know how hard this is, because I've been there where I couldn't say more than just his name, I actually a while ago made a downloadable resource where I wrote out prayers for different types of anxiety that you can legit just like read out. So that's also linked in the show notes, which if you've never actually accessed the show notes before, those are linked in the little description of this episode in your podcast app. The resource is called Through the Waves, and I'm really proud of it. It has verses and prayers for you to pray out loud, and I really think it's just a great resource. I use it for myself all the time. So that's my story. That's my soapbox of mental health and medication and therapy. Those are the four top things that I have incorporated into my life that has made an impact on my anxiety. Um, and so we're going to close in prayer again. I did it for the first bonus episode and we're going to do it again. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the chance to share my story and to share the ways that you have just made this incredible, indescribable impact in my life. God, I thank you for teaching me that there is power in vulnerability and even more so that in my weakness, your power is made perfect. That my decision to step into vulnerability and talk about the hard things gives you even more of an opportunity to show off. And that's kind of what it's all about. God, I pray for the people listening, Lord. I pray for the people who are listening that every single part of this resonated for them, that they have their own journey of anxiety or depression or bipolar or whatever their struggle is, Lord. I pray for the people who have heard these hurtful things about mental health, who have experienced the effect of the stigma, Lord. God, I just pray that you would meet them right where they are right now. God, I pray that you would wrap your arms around them and give them comfort. Give them a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. God, we thank you for the knowledge that you are in these struggles with us. That just because we struggle with mental health doesn't mean that you peace out. 
that you're not in that. You're just as in these struggles as you are in any other, Lord. You want to fight this battle for us and with us. God, we welcome you in. We're done fighting and struggling in the silence and in the dark, God. Lord, we just, we welcome you in. We welcome you in. God, give us opportunities to step out in faith and let others in. God, if if people are struggling with taking the steps to get better and to get help, God, I pray that you would just give them the strength. Give them the confidence. Open doors for counseling or medication or just to have a deep conversation with a friend, Lord. Pray that you would open doors and that you would make it easy. I pray that you would make it easy for them to get help. Lord, I pray for the friends that are listening that have never experienced a panic attack in their life. The people who listen to something like this and they want to understand, but in some capacity, they just can't. Father, we thank you for them. (laughs) We thank you that this is not a way that they struggle. God, I pray that you would give them the resilience to love their friends who struggle with mental health and love them well, because it's not always easy. God, I pray that you would give them confidence to speak truth into the lies that sometimes it can feel like we're drowning in. I pray that you would equip those of us who do struggle to still be good friends to those friends. I know from experience that mental health makes me a real bad friend sometimes, God, and I pray that that you would release us of that and give us the ability to step in. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that we can talk to you about this and that you understand every single bit of it and that you grieve with us over our broken bodies. God, we thank you that we know that on the other side of heaven, everything is going to be perfect, that there aren't panic attacks or depression in heaven. God, there's no need for Zoloft or Xanax or counseling because our bodies will be perfect and we will be with you and of you. God, we thank you for that eternal hope that we have, but we pray that on this side of heaven that you would just that you would just strengthen us, Lord. That you would be with us and let us know that you are. We pray all of this in your name. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week.
start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.